Well, I, I'm just, uh, well, I'm speechless. Um, and that's rare for a Baptist preacher, amen? Um, but I, I'm so excited to be here today. And, and I have to tell you that, and, and I didn't tell my good friend, your pastor, Pastor Robert, when he said, uh, you know, he said to me at one of our gatherings, he said, uh, Roland, I need to talk to you afterwards. Um, and I don't know about y'all, but I, um, I used to get called to the principal's office. <laughs> this is pre-salvation. Okay, so you just know, just so you know. And, uh, he, and, and that's what the principal used to say, Can, you know, Roland, I, I, I need to talk to you. And so my heart skipped a beat, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, what did I do? I thought Robert and I were friends. There's nothing that I could think of that I had done. And, and anyway, you know, that, and then we went through an entire service, and he's sitting next to me. And he's not talking to me. And, and he's just, you know, he, he's just, you know, into worship. And I want to just elbow him. Dude, what do you want to say to me? Tell me now. And then it was after the service was over and we had prayed together. It was at one of our, our um, it was at this, this year's mayor's luncheon out in East County. And afterwards he said, uh, I'd like for you to come and preach at the church this summer. I'm like going, oh man, I really did get called to the principal's office. Um, but it's a blessing to be here with you and to, to share what uh, God has put on my heart to share. Um, if you have your Bibles with you, if you would turn with me to Mark chapter 6, and um, we're going to start there, and I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I was always trained, you know, if you're away from home, behave yourself, so I'm going to try my best to behave myself as best as I can, but I um, just want you to know that I, I am trusting in the Holy Spirit, and um, I'm a little Baptist, I'm a little Pentecostal, I'm a little, well, I'm a little bit of everything, but most of all, I am saved by grace. And so uh, I'll start here, and like I said, I'm going to try to be on my best behavior. Um, and I'm going to go up to verse, I know that you probably have the text is verse 32 through 34, but I'm going to go back to 31 in Mark chapter 6. And it says, and he said to them, come away by yourselves to a selected or secluded place and rest a while. For there were many people coming and going, and they did not even have time to eat. They went away in a boat to a secluded place by themselves. The people saw them going, and many recognized them and ran there together on foot from all the cities and got there ahead of them. In verse 34, when Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd. He felt compassion for them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Will you pray with me? Father in, God, Father in heaven, our gracious and loving God, it's once again that I come to your throne of mercy and grace. And I ask you, O oh God, to hide me behind the cross, to use me as your instrument, for I stand in obedience to the call that you have placed upon my life. So I ask, Lord Jesus, that I would decrease and you would increase. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would calm any fears, any doubts, and that you would stand, Lord in my body. Lord, I'll be careful 
to give you the praise and glory. And I pray that your words will not return to your void, but will accomplish all that you would have it to accomplish. In the precious and mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Let me just, um, I, I know that you've heard a little bit about me, and I want to share with you that my, my personal vision is I believe I've been called by God to create a world where people are supported to show compassion, gentleness, goodness, gratitude, humility, integrity, joy, kindness, patience, thankfulness, trust, all wrapped up in unconditional love. And my core belief is that Christians should be the most compassionate people in the world. And so in our text, Jesus is, and you know that, I'm sure you know that this particular text or this particular story is accounted for in all four gospels. So we need to make sure that we know that. But in this text, Jesus is pulling the disciples away for a time of solitude and peace. And, and as he's doing that, the, the people see them and, and they recognize who he is. And the, the commentators say that it's, it's really kind of boggles people's minds that they were able to run on foot ahead of them to get to where they were going to this secluded place and then Jesus steps off the shore. Now after, or steps out of the boat onto the shore. Now after all of this, we know that he's going to feed 5,000. And we, 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 as we study the Bible where we're, we're, and study Jesus' life, we are, well, we, we get captivated by his miracles. But today I'm going to ask you to join with me and look at the compassion of our Lord. And think about this, our compassion towards others. Though the audience of each one of the Gospels is different, this story is related to each one of them. And I believe that in, in looking at the compassion that Jesus had for the people, and I don't know if you've ever done a study of sheep, and let me just, for a moment, I'm, I'm going to be polite, as, as, as polite as I can be. Sheep are stupid. <laughs> sheep are dumb. Sheep, in fact, sheep, you have to remind them to breathe when they're drinking. Otherwise, they'll drown. That, that's how sheep are. And, and so you can imagine, it, the text says that Jesus saw the people and they looked like sheep without a shepherd. But then the key to it, the key to all of this passage is really found there in verse 34 when he said, when it says that he felt compassion for them. Jesus not only looked at them when he saw them, or not only did he look at them, but he really, he saw them. He saw them for who they were, what was happening in their lives. He took the time to notice them and their condition. He could do that because after all, he was God. We can't, we're human. 
And so this morning, I, I just want to share with you just uh, a few things. And as I say at Meridian, I'm just going to share a few points and you can go home and get whatever's in your crock pot. And, or you can go whatever restaurant you want to go to. But just, just some quick points. The first point of our compassion towards others is we need to look and see. Look and see. When I served on the county of San Diego's Suicide and Homicide Audit Committee, and you probably didn't know that that existed. This is, I mean, they refer to it politely as shack. Suicide Homicide Audit Committee. And what that is, it's a group of people of a number of disciplines that get together and they review every suicide and every homicide in San Diego County. And, and I was blessed to, to serve for a number of years as the faith community representative on that committee. And the first question that always came up when everybody was in there, because there was someone from education, there was someone there from healthcare, there was someone there from the legal system, there was someone there from the police, and, and, and all of these disciplines. But the first question that was always asked was, did anyone see this coming? That's a question that has haunted me ever since. When I read about suicide, that's what comes to my mind. And I'm, I don't want to be an alarmist this morning, but suicide is the 10th long, the 10th highest cause of death in the United States. I don't know if you know, but last year, 47,000 people, excuse me, in 2017, 47,000 people took their lives. In 2018, it was 50,000. And in our fast-paced, technologically advanced world, people are literally going unseen. So look at the text with me again. I know it's simple, yet I also know that we are not doing it. It says that Jesus arrived on the shore, and he saw the people, and he was moved with compassion. He slowed down, and he noticed the people. A few weeks ago, I was opening up the gates at the church, at Meridian Church, and, and um, when I was opening the gates, this lady, I saw her as I turned the corner, and she was pushing a, a cart, and uh, there was all kind of bottles and cans in that cart, and she was pushing it, and, and I turned in front of her, and I opened the gates, of, and I got out of my car, and I opened the gates, and as I was walking back to my car, she said to me, she looked at me, and she smiled, and I smiled at her, and then she said, do you have any bottles or cans? And I said, well, you know, no, don't have any bottles and cans. I just had emptied out my car. You know, I, I got, I'm a typical pastor. I got all kind of junk in my car. <laughs> but I had just emptied out my car, and I didn't have anything. And she says, do you think that there's any bottles and cans there in the church? And I said, no, I can't think of any. You know, we had just had a cleanup, so there weren't any bottles and cans in the church. And she said, oh, okay. And I said, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I don't have anything to give you. And she said, you've given me something. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said, you smiled at me when I said hello. 
She said, you must be Pastor Roland. And I'm thinking, well, you know, I didn't have a sign or anything. The sign at the church is there. And I said, well, yes, I am. And she says, I could tell by the smile on your face. And I said, well, well, who are you? Now that you know my name, I need to know what your name is. And she says, my name is just Mary Margaret. And I go, is it really just Mary Margaret or is it Mary Margaret? And she said, it's Mary Margaret. And I said, well, thank you, Mary Margaret, for, for making my day. And then I went in to do all the things that I do as a pastor and on Sunday morning. But literally on the steps of the church. And let me just fast forward to today, this morning. As I pulled up in the parking lot and I moved my car and I parked over here on this side of the building, a gentleman walked by and he had a cart. And he had, I mean, his cart was loaded down and he had a bag of cans or bottles in his hand and he had another in both hands and he's pushing his cart and I got out of my car and I said good morning and he said good morning and I said can you handle one more bag he said yeah just to let you in on secret after meeting Mary Margaret not having anything in my car I start keeping bags of cans and bottles in my car you should have seen the look on his face He's walk, he, knew, he knew he was walking right by the church, but he walked away with an extra bag of bottles. Wow, talking about making an impact for the day. And I said, God bless you. And he says, God bless you. God's blessing me every day. And he, just, and he walked back to the back alley. Looking at people and seeing them is the first step to being compassionate. Secondly, we must connect and speak. We must understand that we are not like Jesus. He could look at someone and know everything about them. And there are numerous examples in the Bible, and I don't have time this morning to go through all of those, but you can think of, or the examples I wrote in my notes is the, the woman at the well, the man at the pool of Bethesda. My favorite story is the four men that lowered their friend on a mat in front of Jesus while he was preaching. I love that one. Uh, and I know that's another sermon on another day, but you know, those guys weren't Baptists. <laughs> just, just so you know. Ask me about it later and I'll tell you how I, I it's a theological discussion that we could have. <laughs> but when Jesus connected with people, he always spoke. The, com the common thing to do when we see people is to look at them briefly and, well, and, you know, I, I'll, you know, you probably, you probably have figured out by now that I'm black, so I'll, um, I'll give you some insight into our world. And, um, and one of the things that, that, that black guys do when we see each other, especially if we're walking somewhere, we'll... <laughs> we'll nod. Am I right, brothers? And that means, hey, how are you? I'm doing good. I'll see you a little bit later, right? Amen? That's, but that's not how Jesus communicated. Jesus, he took the time to connect with people, to see them, and to look at them. We need to take the time to connect. Take 20 seconds to look in someone's eyes. 
Let them see that you're focusing on them. Nothing else matters but them. And then, don't be quiet. Say hello. Say hi. God bless you today. Connect with them and speak. It's the second step to showing compassion. And let me just tell you the, the reason I, I, I think about that is one of the things I found out, I, I know I talked about suicide, but one of the most effective ways to combat suicide is to ask people how they're doing and if they have a plan to harm themselves. That's the most effective way. And need I say, it's the least costly. We don't, have, we don't need bureaucrats. We don't need... Help me, Holy Spirit. <laughs> All we have to do is take the time to connect with people and ask them how they're doing. When Jesus stepped on the shore, he saw the people. He knew their condition because he was God. And when we meet people, we don't have divine discernment. We're ordinary human beings. So we, we must rely on how God has made us to be able to hear people and to firmly believe. And I firmly believe that that's one of the reasons that we have two ears and only one mouth. As I shared with the, the staff team before, if you look at the word hear and you look at the word heart, there's only one letter difference. But there's eight, the, the letter T is the 19th letter in the alphabet. And I actually looked at my grandson's plaything to figure that out this morning. <laughs> but, but if you think about it, we're, we should hear and we should really listen to people. And the way we hear isn't so much with our heads, but it's with our heart. We hear with our heart, and it's not by accident that T is the 19th letter. You go by 18, because I've heard it said that the longest transition is something from our head to our heart, and for most of us, it's 18 inches. See, there's no accidents with God. He designed us and created us to answer all of these things. My wife, bless her heart, she, is, she has been with me. We are about to celebrate 38 years of marriage. I have to tell you, I was a mission project. But anyway, um, we, my wife is a child development teacher. And our oldest son is an employment coordinator for veterans. And I asked the two of them, I said, how do you guys, different, in different industries, different age groups, I mean, my wife deals with toddlers, and my son deals with veterans suffering from PTSD, coming back from war. I said, how do you guys show compassion? And it was, it was kind of cool. We were in, a, in our car. We were in a cap they, were, they were captive. They couldn't get away from me. They, they had to answer my question. Because <laughs> we were on our way to Del Mar, and we were... We were pulling off the freeway there at Villa del Valle, going to, to Del Mar Hilton, and it was when um, Pitbull was appearing at the Del Mar Fair. 
Now, I know it's another sermon on another day, but I thought Pitbull was a dog. But anyway, that's a whole, whole nother sermon. But so you can imagine, we're a captive audience, the traffic's backed up, and I asked them both, how do you show compassion? And my wife says, well, the first thing I do is I get down to the level of the children and I look at them. And I make sure that I have their attention. And then I ask them questions and I listen to what they say. And so then I said to our, our son, I said, okay, Jay, your turn to answer the question. And he says, well, Dad, it's very similar. I, I have people come into my office and they sit next to me and they sit next to my desk in the chair and I look at them and I make sure that they know that they are the most important person and I'm only focused on them and I ask them the question, how can I help them and what are, or what are their needs and I listen to them. Brothers and sisters, listening is a lost art today. Most people are in a conversation, a one-on-one -on -one conversation, they're looking at the person's lips, if they're not hearing them, they're waiting for their lips to stop so then they can speak. So they can get across their point or get across their opinion. If we want to be compassionate, we need to listen and hear. Not hear with our ears, but hear with our heart. Really focus. That's the, the way we can show compassion. Well, to understand this, this idea of compassion, let me just share with you a little bit of an example. Though I'm from here in San Diego, born and raised here, half of my family is from North Carolina. About 40 years ago, I went down to North Carolina, and they introduced me to something that was just marvelous called fireflies. And if you've ever experienced fireflies, they are fantastic. And so I know that some of you are like me. You're Southern California. You're maybe Southern California kids. Grew up a lot, around a lot of uh, concrete and asphalt and uh, steel and those kind of things. But out in the country, when fireflies, they're, they, you know, the warmth of the air and the kind of the humidity, and they start to fly around. And the ones you generally see flying around that are flashing are the males. And what's happening is the male is attracting the female who's sitting on the tall grass. And when she's decided that she's found her mate, she'll flash, and then the two of them get together and they fly off, you know, into the night flashing. Wonderful story. It's another sermon on another day. Amen? It's another sermon. But I'm telling you that because the firefly population is decreasing. Now, to me, that's profound. Because I don't know about you, but when I watch the news I, and, and read the news, I... I've come to the conclusion that the effect of Christianity on the world is diminishing. And that saddens me. And if you take that example of the fireflies, we're the fireflies. We're flying around and, and our, our bellies ought to be lighting up and lighting up the world around us. 
and people sitting on the tall grass on the sidelines who no one has looked at and they've been unseen. We ought to be connecting with them and they see the compassion in our hearts and they join us and light up and we fly off together. Because you know that's going to happen. We're going to meet the Lord in the air. So when I, when I think about that, so it's like, Lord, how do we do that? And, well, a way that I say that is, well, I'm glad you asked that question, how do we do that? Because I've prepared an answer. Here's the answer. Take the time this week to contact, or not contact, but to connect with five service industry workers that come into your life. Say, well, who's, what do you mean? Well, you know, if you go to the grocery store, the clerk at the grocery store is a service industry worker. Or it may be the barista at your favorite coffee shop. Or it may be, you know, just, it may be the, the clerk behind the counter at 7-Eleven or at the gas station that you go to. Take the time this week to connect with them. To take 20 seconds to look them in the eye and ask them, how are they doing? And if they're wearing a name tag, call them by their name and watch and see what happens. And then you can even take it a little bit further. Ask them if there's anything that you can pray for for them. Now understand, I, I got to let you know, I really have to prepare you for this. There's going to be an awkward silence. <laughs> Now, in that awkward silence, don't try to fill it. Let it just hang there. Because in that awkward silence, what they're trying to determine, see, they've had experience with Christians, and they're trying to figure out if you're a real one or not. And how do they know whether you're a real one or not? They're going to base that on how you've treated them in the past. See, we're supposed to be living as believers and the fruits of the Spirit ought to be manifested in our lives. I didn't mean to holler. <laughs> and so there ought to be some evidence that we are believers and so they're trying to do that quick inventory. How has this person treated me in the past when I dealt with them? Were they rude? Were they kind? Were they obnoxious? Were they arrogant? How were they? We ought to be careful of how we act when we go out. I'm sure your moms and dads told you to be on your best behavior when you leave the house. Father God said, Look, we need to be on our best behavior because we're representing him. But when we do that, in that awkward silence, and then after that awkward silence, they may say yes. And then they'll give you a request. Here's what you do with that request you repeat it back to them so that they know that you've really been listening. Make sure you get it right. Now understand that they're service industry workers and so there's a high turnover and there may be someone behind you in line so you can't stand right there then and pray for them but you can go out to your car and as soon as you get in your car, before you start your car, you can pray for them. You can take that request to the Father. And then the next time you go in there, you can ask them, hey, last time I was here, I prayed for 
your Aunt Mary, who you said was having difficulty with her health, how is Aunt Mary doing? And watch that person. This is what I, I, I say they do. They light up. Wow. But now you might also have someone who says, no, I don't have anything that you can pray for for me. If they say that, again, here's your comeback to that. It's a really sophisticated comeback. Are you sure? <laughs> now, when you ask, are you sure, understand there's going to be an awkward silence. Don't try to fill the awkward silence. Leave it alone. Because in that awkward silence, what they're trying to, de to decide is if there really is a God. And what we can do in that awkward, that second awkward silence in our minds say, Lord, help them to trust and believe. And then they'll give you, give you that response. And then take that response, again, and go out to the car and do the same thing. That's how we can show compassion. We can, can truly look and see people, connect and speak to them, listen and hear to them, and hear them. And the last thing is that, that idea, the application of it is to care and share. See, I, I believe that a long time ago, God looked and saw mankind much like Jesus saw this crowd. And he had compassion on us. He, said, he saw that we had messed up the connection between him and us. And so he cared. He shared his very best. He sent his son from heaven. And his son cared enough for us and had enough compassion for us that he hung on a cross on a dirt hill and endured a despicable, disgusting act called the crucifixion. But I'm so glad this morning that's not the end of the story. Because compassion brought him out of the grave. Compassion caused him to recommission his disciples. Compassion ignited a fire in their belly that here in 2019, we are together and we have heard the gospel message. Compassion, my brothers and sisters, has shined down on us in the presence and person of Jesus Christ and he has left for us the Holy Spirit and the compassion of the Holy Spirit is to guide our lives, to seal us for salvation. Amen. Compassion seated Jesus at the right hand of the Father to make intercession for us. Compassion has been shown to us who believe. Trust in the Spirit. Trust that God has been compassionate with us. God bless you.